spoke a word, you were singing over me. You have been so, so good to me. Before I took a breath, you breathed your life in me. So, so kind to me that he has given to us. I send my greetings to Jovi. Please, uh, you're most welcome this night. 
and another friend of mine, um, I, had, I don't know how to use the name. But anyway, even those that are following from different social media platforms, uh, you're most welcome for tonight's show, for tonight's discussion. And I believe by the grace of God, we are going to learn together and understand uh, God's grace tonight. Of course, we are going to be discussing several things and we are going to handle the six lessons that we learn as Christians. Of course, this information, I got it somewhere and I found it very important for each and every person uh, that is listening tonight. And I believe uh, after the unveiling all the lessons and the teachings that I'm going to be exhausting tonight, really you might find something very important and really very good uh, in your life. What is our intention is that your Christian foundation and your life as a, as a Christian, that to be as really um, um, as a pillar. So the words we speak here, of course, we have so many people that always we discuss with, and I'm so happy to have our DJCST, that is 254, and that is my friend Kevo. Uh, thank you so much for joining tonight. Uh, just in case if you'd like to comment or maybe add anything, uh, please, you may feel free and you let me know. And of course, I'll be able to um, to get you in. But again, as I told you, as we are starting tonight, let's have this break. realize that God is the ultimate controller and everything is really 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 um, very good when we have God in our lives and nothing that really we can have and nothing that we can really do in this life without God's guidance. Most especially we need to use the Holy Spirit so so much. Not just even using but we need to be in a relationship with the Holy Spirit as he's revealing and talking to us in different ways, aspects and of course being guided through his word and there is nothing that can be communicated by the Holy Spirit when it is out of the scriptures. Why am I discussing with you these lessons is that these are the things that really we need to focus on right now as Christians and we take them very, very crucial in our lives because they make impact and when we have, to, when we get to understand them, they are going to help us really even as we are walking in this world to know really how to walk, how to do things, who are we, what is our position and what is our responsibility. So the more we neglect the gospel of God, the more we neglect to spread the gospel is the more how really we become stingy and um, the kingdom of God is not enlarged. But it doesn't mean that your failure to uh, be active in the ministry or your failure to, be, to, to participate in God's things does not mean that God's things won't go on or won't proceed. But what I mean in this is that you have a responsibility. There is something that God gave you in life as a talent, as an ability, as a capacity that really you can use uh, to benefit the kingdom of God, even benefiting others, people they need to hear from you. How do you know that just your voice, that your participation in anything, in any area could be a turning point for someone who is um, following you, who is watching you? Remember, you are like a model. Uh, you are a little model to some people and another thing is that you are an ambassador of Christ Jesus in one way or the other. It could be games, it could be sports, it could be preachings, it could be uh, evangelism, it could be preachings or teachings. Right now what I'm doing, I hope and I believe 
believe that the few people that always attend this radio and they follow, I hope that maybe there is a bit of understanding and growth in the spiritual realm of these people. Therefore, let's be prayers we're going to pray. Father, we thank you for your grace and mercy tonight. We thank you for loving us and really uh, we are so grateful uh, by your power. We are so grateful by your grace to such an amazing Father. And nothing we can do in this world without you. This is a time that we've come together as your children to learn and really understand your word. And one of the things that you encourage us is always to have fellowship uh, together with our fellow believers so that we can grow spiritually in understanding and in your knowledge. As your word is really guiding us, giving us the proofs and correction in everything that we do in this world. We've been living a life of mistakes. We've been living a life uh, of our own feelings, perspectives, perceptions, and even creating our own concepts. But here we come to believe and understand that you are the only God that really um, gives us the right track and guides us in everything that we do. So, therefore, people of God, we pray that you lead us through your word, through your truth, as we continue to understand in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Of course, with the interest of time, let me just start away uh, from what really I would like to communicate tonight. And uh, one of the things that I'm going to be talking about, the six lessons that we learn as Christians. And really, they are very, very important uh, in our lives and they really can change our lives. Listen to this. And I'm not saying that this is my own formulation, but I found it really very important for us to learn it, people who are following this podcast. And this are saying that the church history reveals some lessons that Christians today would be wise to consider and reflect upon. The Christian church has existed for 2,000 years, but it has changed and evolved and evolved significantly over that time. It is therefore important to look back and learn the lessons from the history of a church that can help us chart a way forward today. And this is what we are doing right now on this podcast. We chat, we discuss, we share opinions and views. And one of the things that really we get to understand is that the reason as to why we focus on the history of our, of our church and having gotten all these groups as we are having ministries, we've given them different names, <laughs> the, the heavenly fighters, uh, we have given several names, for instance, Word of Life, like ours here, which is the Heart of Worship, there are so many uh, words that we've given, so many names that we've given to our churches. Why? Because these small groups that always we've been making, uh, we use them uh, for admonishment, we use them for exhortation, we use them for um, equipment or, or for equipping uh, saints with the word of God. And through these lessons, that's when you come to realize this is our position and this is the way how we do things. However, all the things that are being done and the chance we make is the way how really we can understand the present and of course even to escape the present. Because there are so many mistakes made since the church began and we remember very well there are so many, many persecutions that happened even, the, even during um, the, the, the moments and, and, and um, 
seasons of apostles and so on. Even during the generation of Christ Jesus, opposition was like nothing. Everything was there. Opposition was on the top uh, because of what uh, he was doing. Apostles, the same thing. And we see several people in the Bible, even on different uh, generations, those of Moses, those of, uh, I remember Moses when he was leading children of Israel from Egypt, of course he found all found himself that he was opposed in one way or the other. Not only that, we can talk about Aaron, we can talk about Elijah the prophets, we can talk about so many people. Opposition has been always there in every generation. So, but we get their situations, we get to their situations and then we grasp some lessons from there. A few years ago, I read a wonderful book on the history of the church written by Dr. Bruce Shelley which is a type of church history in, in language and I've been doing it since um, under this program of uh, Bible College at Word of Life and uh, this one is believed to be Thomas Nelson 2008. He does a great job of documenting and summarizing the key events, the history of the church. Based on this, on his book, I would like to present these six lessons that we as Christians should learn from church history that will enable us to more effectively go forward in building God's kingdom on earth and not just being a comfort zone and we think that's all. It's good always to know where you came from, where you are right now and really what is the way forward, what can you do and one of the lessons that we can pick up from here if you have your book and pen and you can really write is that the church is and always will be Holy Spirit driven. That's the first lesson I would like to explain that the church is and always will be Holy Spirit driven. As the Bible, doc- as the Bible documents in, in the four Gospels, the early Christian church began in Jerusalem after the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus. The disciples were witnesses to those facts. But Jesus told them to wait for the Holy Spirit. And we can see that Luke writes in the book of Acts of how the Holy Spirit came at Pentecost. As a result, the disciples were led by the Holy Spirit and the church grew rapidly as they spread the good news and lived lives very differently from the prevailing Roman and Jewish cultures. So you can see that opposition is not only for today. Right now you can see evangelist or maybe a preacher on the street when someone is preaching and the police officers come, arrest that person, take the person to jail. You see sometimes when the Muslims are fighting against Christians in Kampara. I'm talking about now my city here in Uganda. You see Muslims are fighting against. Even right now we see crusades are being organized. Muslims versus Christians. So opposition has been there. But the only difference that like in the generation of the church, when it started by the apostles, this is where you see that the Jewish cultures were part of the opposition and the Romans. So, throughout history, the church has grown significantly when there was either persecution or a spiritual revival, as in England in the early 1800s and the USA in the early 1900s. Own part. No, no, no. A man can never build the church on earth on his own apart from the Holy Spirit. And that's the point that I want to make from what I read previously. 
that money can never build the church from up on his own, but all apart from the Holy Spirit. So the church began under the power of the Holy Spirit, grew under the, the, the power of the Holy Spirit, and continues to read today only under the power of the Holy Spirit. When we read Zachariah chapter 4 verse 6 says that not by might nor by power but by my spirit says the Lord. So even up today the church began under the power of the Holy Spirit as Jesus Christ had already uh, ordered the disciples to go in the upper uh, the upper room and we remember very well the story in the book of Acts that is chapter 1 after when they had already made the decision who is going to be uh, the replacement for Judas Iscariot in chapter 1 and of course they, they, they did a bet and they impressed some. As they become 12, of course they were directed to go in the upper place so that the Holy Spirit will find them there and when you go in chapter 2 that's where you see that the, the day of ten Pentecost all of them they were in one accord and that's when the Holy Spirit came and one of some of the signs of course accompanied to show that there was a whole spirit in place like the tongues of fire like the speaking in uh, the tongues of which were understandable by people who were surrounded all over the earth and of course even it was for us of calling attention to the entire earth that peter got an even opportunity and decided to proclaim and speak reminding people how god has been great the things has done giving a testimony about how great to us. So the church began under the power of the Holy Spirit. It grew under the power of the Holy Spirit. At the same time, it still continues under the power of the Holy Spirit. There's no one else who's going to do anything. You will never do ministry and you will never do anything without the guidance or without being under the guidance or the control of the Holy Spirit when it comes to ministry or else you are doing something else. Even if it is an organization, and it's a Christian organization, my friend, the Holy Spirit has to give a vision, has to give you with a vision um, for you to run that. And one of the things so that this thing can be successful is when really the Holy Spirit is involved. Another thing that we need to learn from there that the Christian faith must be defended against the false teaching. I know right now we have a lot of false prophets even beyond what they do. But doesn't mean that this not did not exist before. People experienced false prophets before. These things happened before. There is a scripture when I was reading and there is someone who was called Bow Jesus. And this Bow Jesus was contradicting with the gospel that apostles were preaching and as if he was exaggerating things. And when the apostle recognized him, he rebuked that bow Jesus. All the things have been happening. You might be preaching, you might be spreading the gospel, maybe in the bus, maybe in the train, or maybe anywhere. And someone starts to exaggerate, starts adding words. And of course, sometimes these things are makes someone to lose focus on what he's really doing. So in the first few centuries of the Christian faith, the biggest challenge was defending this new belief against prophet uh, false gospels from Gnostics and others who tried to add human logic to what God had done through Jesus. The things we've been seeing then, that maybe take this stick, that you get blessings. Please bring jerry cans. You've been seeing the things on television. This point, even they have media. They have everything. They seem even to have money. 
and for you who seem to be <laughs> walking on truth really you see that as if you don't as if you abandoned you are doing nothing my friend yes they are doing them but the bible told us that we shall see them by their actions we shall see them by their fruits they have media they have money they have connections even the government they have connections in the government even when they commit crimes it is the government that supports them and defends them they are there but for you when you something happens on that way you just go straight to the prison and get jailed but remember paul reminds us that if we are suffering for the gospel we count it as a good thing that we are doing and we have even to enjoy in it because when they take you to prison i think i teach at least you talk to prisoners you, you preach the gospel to prisoners. When they take you to that area, you preach for that you find there. So that's how everything has been. People are losing their own logic. Bring the, the jerry cans that you can get water, so that this water is going to become a blessing in one way or the other, and so on. You have a business. Yeah, you take those burning things and you put them there. The whole spirit is going to be there. Imagine. And so, there are so many things. They're not new, but even the early church, all these things happen. So, the early church needed to solidify the best doctrine of Christianity centered on the work of Jesus and his teachings for this new faith. So, the doctrine of Trinity and who Jesus really was was affirmed through the council at Nicaea. In, that is 325. So that is a bit of historical. So the basic theology of Christianity has been challenged continually over the years as man tries to add human reason to God's word and his saving work through Jesus Christ. People have been twisting God's word. People have been twisting the statement that Jesus Christ made just towards their own benefits, just towards their own perspectives. In other words, they wanted to fulfill their own interests. Because someone wants to get the best car, the nice car, fancy cars, fancy things, the property and so on. People always fidget around. They twist, they use, they use logic. So in God's word, there is no usage of logic. In God's word, it is direct, it is literal, understandable, and it's there for correction, reproof. And you have to understand what really you're doing. So false teaching must be challenged in order to preserve the truth. Of faith and well, this is a responsibility for all the Christians and of course second Peter chapter 2 verse 1 reminds us this but there were also false prophets among the people just as there will be false teachers among you so it is given so second Peter chapter 2 verse 1 gives us what happened in the past there were also false uh, false teachers or false prophets and the people, not just the prophets, but and the people, just as there will be. Now, this is a future tense. First teachers among you, and right now we have them among us. They are doing whatever they do. So they will separately introduce destructive heresies, even denying the sovereign Lord who brought them, bringing swift destruction on themselves. But you see again, even their judgment is determined already. Number three, the joining of church and the state is a bad idea. I can give you just a simple glimpse on what, of what happened. I, that is chapter 11 at scattering of the nations. And we can see how nations scattered over the world 
and what they had in the first place as their intention. And their intention was to build the tower so that they can reach to God. And of course, there are, so, there are several reasons as to why maybe they were doing it. But one thing that I want to get from there, that this one was their own intentions about their interest. So they wanted to be independent of God. And yet God wants us to be dependent on Him. And the only way for us to be dependent is to be dependent on God. So these are things, these things have been happening. So the joining of church and state is a bad idea. And of course, when we talk about what you call um, Babylon, Babylon means the joining together, the unity of the nations in opposition of God. So, when we read this, when Roman Emperor Constantine converted to Christianity, that is 312 AD, overnight Christians went from persecuted rebels to favored status in the Roman Empire. Then in 380 AD, his successor, Emperor Theodius, made a Christianity requirement for all Roman citizens. Thus, the Christian church was joined to the power of the state and assumed the more responsibility for the whole society. That's when we see legalization of the church to be joined together with the state. Sometimes it is a bad idea. Not even sometimes, but it is a bad idea. Because there is a lot of things that are going to happen in a compromise. Christians are going to start compromising themselves. And even right now, we have all these categories of people. And ourselves, when we check ourselves, people that are working in the government, when money comes for specific for, for specific uh, for specific uh, issues, what do we do? We always chop a bit of it. We always bezel it. We always bribe. We always um, how can I call it? Emuzi, what is emuzi? The word has run from my head. <laughs> eh? The bribe, I think, is a. Eh? Yeah, corruption. <laughs> I was looking for the word corruption. So, corruption is everywhere. They give you money for infrastructure, and people, they embezzle it. And yet they are Christians, and they do it in a different way. So, it is not the first time these things to happen, but even in the history, these things happen. Before we existed, these things happen, happened. And those that were there in those generations, they experienced these things. Therefore, thus, the Christian church was joined to the power of the state and assumed a more responsibility for the whole society. In 768, Charles the Great, also known as the Charlemagne, ascended to the throne and the successful fault of the Muslim invaders and was the first Roman emperor to be coronated by the Pope. So this ensured the protection of the church against Islamic incursions. So the Crusades were the Empire's response to the Islamic invasion and capture of Jerusalem and they had the approval of the Pope. In the end, the Crusades were a dismissal failure as they did not dislodge Islam from Jerusalem and led to further division with the Christian church. During the Middle Ages, conflicts continually arose over the power being wielded by both the church and the state. Jesus never required faith in him to be forced on anyone. 
he came to save us from our sin and today still invites people to let him change their hearts one by one. Sometimes we do things and we say that we are doing them for Christ. We kill people in our hearts. We develop grudges. We develop different kind of issues just against others. And I'm a victim of this. I used to have, I used to pray kinds of prayers that Father, may you work on this person because of what he has done. Because someone may be as wrong against you, maybe someone has hurt you, and for you, <laughs> you start to speak those words in prayer. How I wish, Lord, may he see that you are the God. As he's going to town, let him be knocked down by the car. Those kind of prayers. We have no difference with what these people did. So since this was a Christian leader, and for him he used to wage wars because crusades meant wars, and this was wars against uh, between Christians and the Muslims or the Islam. Therefore, if you could not believe in Christianity and the Muslim, you are supposed to be killed. And all the things happened. Even right now, we do them in different ways. Just because right now you may not have a gun to gun kill someone. But what your thoughts say, what do you do in your heart? What happens when something happens in your life and is your brother who have done it to you? What really happens? All the things are happening. Ladies and gentlemen, John chapter 3, 16, uh, John chapter 3 and verse 16 reminds us that for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Jesus Christ invites people to let him change their hearts one by one. He does not need any help. Jesus never required the faith in him to be forced on anyone. It is a free will. If you preach to someone and has refused to accept, just leave. You've done your work. Your, your work. You've done your responsibility. You've preached your gospel. That person I've heard. So there is no pretense that he didn't hear or she didn't hear. For you have done your work. You've communicated. You have aired out the word of God and that person I've heard. So the rest is upon him. However, remember, after, after you speaking that word, remember that always the Holy Spirit that convicts. Of course, the Holy Spirit will follow up with his word. Because it is spoken to that person's life, the Holy Spirit will always remind that person, but do you remember what this person told you? Do you remember what uh, really uh, Kevo told you? Do you remember um, what, what, what John told you? Do you remember what so-and-so told you? Do you remember what John Paul told you? Always the Holy Spirit reminds. Let's look at number four. The church must be built on a biblical foundation. This I put more emphasis. Because so many Christians and pastors, we have developed our own doctrines in life. Because of our own interests. We want to fulfill our own interests. This is what we feel. This is what we want. This is what we desire. This is not all about our desire. This is not about our feelings. This is not all about our interests. This is all about Christ. So the church must be built on a biblical foundation. As a Christian, because of this conflict between 
and within the church and the state in the Middle Ages, many voices began to speak out against the power and the corruption of the church. You see? So you were the cashier in the church, but you were the first person always to misuse church funds. What position, what responsibility do you have in church? How do you handle that position? How do you handle that position that you are granted? God has entrusted you with that position as a responsibility to be fulfilled. But how do you use your office in the ministry? If you are an usher, if you are a preacher, if you are a teacher of God's word, if you are evangelist, how do you use the position and that responsibility that God has given to you. How do you use it? Do you use it for corruption? Do you use it for just for the sake of power? Because right now some people they gain power, they gain positions because of power. They are in positions because of power. They want to show that they are great. They want to show that they are the best. They want to show that they are this and the other. But is that the point? understand the responsibility and you become a servant any minister in the ministry you a servant to the rest of people no need for you to show that you are in that position because of power you're going to be accounted as a person who is just looking for your own interests rather understand that that position where you are it is a responsibility for you to do God's will as a servant. As a servant. And if you're a leader, be exemplary. Do what you're required to be. To do what you're required to do. Chief among them was a German monk named Martin Luther. He published his 95 Thesis or statements for debate on the door of the Catholic Church at the Winterberg. German, in, in that is 1517, that challenged the Pope authority. He was excommunicated from the Catholic Church for his refusal to recant his statements. So this led to the reformation and the formation of several new church bodies that separated from the Catholic Church in, in protest. Even right now we have these groups and these groups are everywhere. We have the Orthodox, we have the Catholics, we have the Charismatic, we have the Pentecostals, we have the... What else? By the way, when I was in Kasese, <laughs> there, is, <laughs> there is another region they told me it is called... Um, they call themselves of... Like this guy of Chibwete, there is a way how they call themselves. For them, they put on white, eh? white long, long clothes, like Muslims. Even I, I had forgotten to talk about Muslims. But anyway, that is the same thing. So all these things happens. You're going to be accused just because of the truth that you preach, but stay on the truth. Stay on the truth. Okay? But again, at issue was whether or not authority came from the Bible or from the Pope. As Martin Luther said that his trial and the diet of Unless I am convinced by the testimony of the whole scriptures or 
by evident reason for I can believe neither Pope nor councils alone as it is clear that they have erred repeatedly and contradicted themselves I consider myself convicted by the testimony of the whole scripture which is my basis my conscience is captive to the word of God thus I cannot and will not recant because I acting against others against one whose conscience is neither safe nor sound God help me Amen. These are the words of Martin Luther. And those words, they led him to be uh, really excommunicated. And of course, eventually he died. So the Christian faith must always be based upon the Bible and its teachings. There's no near anything else that we need to look for. There is nothing beyond that. Why? Second Timothy reminds us, chapter 3 and verse 16 to 17, that all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Whatever that you tend to do must be in line with the scriptures. Whatever that you tend to start, whether an organization, whether a ministry, whether a group of people, maybe for any purpose, make sure as a Christian, along with the scriptures because the Bible said all scripture is God breathed and is useful for teaching rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness so that the man of God you and I may be thoroughly equipped for every good work so for us to be equipped for every good work you have to hold on those words and that is the scriptures Second last is all about Christianity and science are not mutually exclusive. The world is entered a new era after the Middle Ages that challenged people's view of the world and how it worked. New discoveries in science and math could now explain the world as never before at this ashram in the age of reason. Also called also called the age of enlightenment. So since man could now know and better explain how the world worked, intellectualism replaced faith in God and his word. But are Christianity and science actually exclusive? Science has never been able to liquidate one fact of the Bible. On the contrary, science continues to affirm the facts of the Bible, especially the field of archaeology. So we depend on, 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 on Darwin's theory of evolution as the origin and evolution of the species has never been proven and is still a theory, despite its widespread acceptance. To me, science is simply discovering what God already created. And I was speaking of this before. So science has not refuted the Bible, it has confirmed it. People come up, they jubilate, they get excited because they have discovered that they can go to the moon, that there is a different life at the moon, but they are discovering what is already created. This shows that already science is just confirming the creation of God. But science cannot give us the starting point or the, 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 the origin of the creation and the existence of everything in place. You remember when you studied geography, others you did biology, others you did physics, you did what, all those things. 
they say experiments, they see what, uh, <laughs> you need to have what you call equations, in mathematics you have what you call, uh, is it expressions or equations, okay, you, you solve, you solve the whatever, the mathematical problems and so on, but everything that we are trying to study is already created, so there is no need to say that now, so you have done so much, something so much big, so scientists sometimes they seem to show that they know how everything came into existence however they don't have that evidence but the only thing they can do is to confirm they confirm the existence of creation but they can't give the origin of the creation they always they only talk about revolutions 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 they only talk about that so Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 16 reminds us that for by him all things were created. You hear that wonderful statement? But for by him all the all things were created. Things in heaven and warm and on earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones, all powers, all rulers, all authorities, all things were created by him and for him. That is Corinthians chapter 1 and 16. So whatever man comes up as an invention, it was it, is, it, it existed already. The only thing that we are guineas, we are allies in this world, therefore always we come up, we juggle with things, we play around with things and we come up with some results and we call them discoveries, we call them origins. But in actual sense, they are just discoveries, they are just discoveries. And lastly, of course, we are saying man will always try to replace God with himself. What do we learn from this? As the world progressed in its knowledge of science and technology, liberalism invented universities which were Bible-based at the time and the church. Many Christians began to try and reconcile modern thought with biblical teaching and refused to accept the authority of God's word alone on many issues. They believe that truth must pass the test of human reason. Consistently, universities abandoned the Bible and liberal theology in the Christian church began to grow. Today, it manifests itself in the prosperity, theology, acceptance of homosexuality, and the other false teachings that go beyond or outside of scripture. These are all the attempts to make God subject to our intellect rather than adhere to his teaching as found in his holy word. Right now we have their bishops. Right now we have, even in Uganda, by the way, in Uganda, there's even a video I was watching, and a girl was like, a girl was putting on like a man in a full suit, and she was like, no, for me I feel like I'm a man. <laughs> and yet she's a girl. And she feel like he's a man. Someone was trying to ask her about her family lineage. And she never wanted to even talk about the family lineage. She even denies the family. She doesn't want to know. And she tells you that she has a wife at home who is a fellow woman. Not only women, even among the men. So acceptance of homosexuality, lesbianism, all these sort of things. Technology and science has brought a lot of theologies, philosophies, and people 
are following. And even us as Christians, we are engulfed in the same box. It's only that once we come to understand these truths, that's when we escape this present. That's when we can escape this present. All the sorts of things that are happening in this world. How people interpret the scriptures for their own interests. How people interpret God's word for their own issues. Because they want maybe to assume. I remember one time, uh, I think it was one month ago when we were discussing about lying or deceiveness. And some people told me that sometimes <laughs> you lie so that you can be saved from certain issues. Some people make that statement. But does it mean that lying is a sin? The Bible says, do not lie because it's a sin. Therefore, all these things are being done in the world. We compromise ourselves. We come up with our own theories, philosophies, doctrines, because we want to fulfill our own interests. We want to fit. We want to be independent of God. We don't want to be dependent on God, but we want to be independent independent of God. We want to live our own way. It is our rights. Always we hide ourselves in the issue of rights, rights, rights. It is my right to do this. It is my right to do this. It is my right to do this. Even where you see that the state supports the right of worship, the freedom of worship, again, people misuse it. You always misuse it. If it was there as a freedom of worship and really we focus on the one true God, Christ Jesus, to worship him. But again, we find ourselves when we have deviated, worshiping other gods. We have made gadgets to be our gods. We have made other things to be our gods. So under the freedom, again, we have misused the freedom granted to us. Therefore, as Christians, we need to wake up need to wake up. These are all an attempt to make God subject to our intellect rather than adhere to his teaching as found in his holy word. James chapter 4 verse 7 reminds us that let us submit ourselves then to God. That let us resist the devil and he will free from us. We need to free from the fornication. We need to free from the addiction of drugs of drugs. There are so many things in different aspects of life. There are so many things that we do. Some come up in public, others we do them secretly. And I'm writing a book which says that the, self, that the private life of a Christian and my comment I say that um Work on your spiritual life in order to save your public life. No, work on your private life in order to save your... No, work on your private life in order to save your public life. Those people... So, the separate life of a Christian or the private life of a Christian as a book that I'm writing, I include a lot of things. Because I meet several people, but sometimes they don't get to know that I'm getting information from them when they are discussing about their separate life issues. However, I don't include names when I'm writing there, but for me, I just told them the story from someone's story that narrates. In marriage, 
workplace, in ministry, in church itself, a lot of things are going on. People are struggling with masturbations. People are struggling with addictions. People are struggling with so and so. People are struggling in, in any area. People are struggling in different areas. However, as we look back, the Bible is told us that we are submit ourselves then to God that we resist the devil and he will flee from us. As we look back on the history of the Christian church, we see that many of the issues the church faces today are not new, but have existed for ages. Church versus state, reason versus faith, cyber working upon their reasons, intellect, the intellectuals. Recently I heard about intellectuals in Uganda, and I remember the look guys, because here we have uh, political wings, we have political wings and political parties. So the look as a political party was talking about the NRM party. <laughs> Someone who left DP and went to NRM that he had gone to work on what called transition with the president of seventy. <laughs> so <laughs> people were commenting that those who call themselves that they are intellectuals, now they are the ones that they have let us down. Reasoning. Instead of people holding fast on the faith, we, are, we have diverted to reasoning. We want to do everything in our reasoning because we, we think that we are intellectuals. We think that we are intelligent. Beyond God's word. We don't want to be guided by God's word. This is what I think. This is what I have thought of. Therefore, I don't, I don't like that one. What does the Bible say? I don't, know, I don't like that one. For me, I think this is what I have to do. Reasoning versus faith. The church versus the state. The church says, no, this is what's supposed to be done. And the state says, no, this is what we have need to be done. We need to do this and this or to do the other. So always there is that battle. Eh? Man versus God. Ourselves. Always we are against God. The things that we are doing. We want to be in opposition. We want to come together. Indeed, right now they are working on the world order. World order system, the system of world order, new world order. You hear it, you ever heard about it, and right now it is not so popular because I think some people are not yet talked about it so much. But there is a moment whereby everyone was hearing about that. Then you hear Christians, hey, and again, the judgment day has come, the ending has come, Jesus is about to come back. These things, these things are happening. And we are with them. We are in the midst of this chaos and this catastrophe. However, you need to realize as a Christian, what is your position? You are against God, man versus God. People, we have developed technology. We have come up with science to make sure that we do everything. And the only perspective that we have, we want to be independent of God. We do things because we don't want to walk. We don't want to be as God wants us to be. No, we want to live our own way. Technology would be good because we were created genius. We were born genius. Because we share the DNA, because God breathed into our first man, all of us will come from in that line, and that is Adam. Therefore, we have that capacity, we have that opportunity, and we have that uh, that, 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 that thing of having a will. We can make a choice, we can reason, we, can, we have intellect because of that. But 
here God calls us to have faith in him not based on our reasoning capacity not based on our reason and again we should not be against God through what we have invented that is technology that is uh, uh, how can I call it you can call it technology science and so on I heard I think it was 2007 yeah 2007 when I heard that white people in a certain university they had made a person and always we used to comment that yes God stays as the supreme however much that a human being had made a person but again there is something which was lacking and that was the breath right now oxygen supports our lives but there is something special we have from God himself through Adam and that is the breath that he breathed in Adam so this point they thought that was they make human being and they come up with what you call the oxygen many oxygen or they, they obtain the oxygen that they are going to come up be successful with this so all the money they had invested that kind of a project nothing came up so what they did they resorted from that and now they did what we call Sophia Sophia is a, a robot and this robot they made it to they, this robot they made it and it is so much intelligent it is intelligent it can reason what we call artificial intelligence it can reason it can talk to you it can ask you questions but all that is programmed scientifically it is programmed we have autotypes we have so many things that have come up my dear I can mention so many things and we cannot finish them. However, in my conclusion, the above lessons remind us that the Christian faith, unlike every other religion, is not based upon a set of rules requiring strict adherence, but rather it is based on the fact that God appeared as a man in Christ Jesus, who suffered and died on the cross to redeem mankind and pay the price of all sin for all sin and who made a way for the human race to live with their creator forever. So Christ is a bridge. Christ is a mediator. He said that no one comes to my father except from me. He is the way, the truth, and life. No way how we can access the eternal life apart from the presence or apart from Christ. It is Christ that takes us there. It is about faith in the work of one person, that is Jesus Christ, God's Son, and belief in the Bible as God's true word. Jesus talks about himself in John chapter 1. That is his prolique. Prolique, I mean, the starting point of John, from first John, no, John chapter 1 and verse 1. That in the beginning was one, and was what was with God. What became God? Nothing was created apart from without Him. Nothing. So He remains in His sovereignty. The Scriptures talks about Him. Prophets talks about Him. Our forefathers talked about Him. 
our grandfathers, the Moses, the Abraham, the so-called one, they talked about him, they pointed at him for order from the Old Testament. Even when the New Testament introduced him and you saw him in a, in a, in a physically, in a human body, again, he stayed saying, you people, the only way for you to access, to access this eternal life with our creator, that is only for you. Therefore, we need to embrace God's word. We need to embrace Christ Jesus. We need to depend on Christ Jesus. It is about faith in the work of that one person, Jesus Christ, the God is Son, that he did at the cross. That he died for all sin, not some, but all sin. So when man tries to supplant, to, to supplant God's word and God's work with human reason and man-made practices, we end up with denominationalism, conflict, highland, and disunity. So it's the eternal battle of man versus God for control of ourselves. Obedience. And until Christians learn to submit to God in obedience and rely solely on God's word as ultimate truth, we will continue to see man attempt to make God what he wants him to be. And the judge will suffer as a consequence. Ladies and gentlemen, as I'm concluding, all this has been an important message that I wanted everyone to hear tonight. Not because that it just was my personal opinion or so on, but no, I just wanted to share this together because I found it really very important for us. So we learn where we came from, what happened, how can we escape the present? We are being told that it's only the faith in the work that one person, Jesus Christ, the God is Son, who died for all sin, not just some sins, but all sin. So our work is to have faith in Him, believing in Him, following Him, doing whatever He wants us to do, and that I mean His will. Therefore, without God's will, without following God's will, without working in God's counsel, without being corrected, without being advised, and being really um guided by the word of God we are going to mess up we are going to mess up in this world Holy Spirit is always there to comfort us, to guide us and to lead us in everything even what we haven't understood He helps us always to understand during our sermons, during our preachings, during our teachings and everything that we do in this life let's be those kind of people live a Christ-like life and ready and able to do according to God's will. And eternity is awaiting for us. God is waiting for us. Jesus is waiting for us. Those who gave them their lives to Jesus Christ is such an amazing moment that you made. an amazing decision that you made. And therefore, stick on it, stick on Christ, and overcome it. Let's pray. Father, I thank you this evening for such a wonderful God. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for taking care of us every day and every time. We've learned that really it's only you that can help us in everything that we do. We cannot even trust our reasoning. 
cannot even trust our intellect. We cannot even trust the science and technology. They can only be just accompaniments just to make your work easier. Like the way how we do it right now on this podcast. Preaching to so many people from different world, from, from different places in the world. However, doesn't mean that there are things that we need to put our focus on as the ultimate and the priority. The priority is you. Therefore, from God, lead us, protect us, and we believe that by your grace and mercy, we can make it in this life. We thank you, we glorify you, and we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you so much, everyone, for the following. Jovi, thank you so much, Maria Gerenti. Uh, Topo, thank you so much. Uh, Sefi, I have a Prince Adu, um, Linda, Regina, Peter Brown. Um, who else can I? Yes, Miss Akebo, thank you so much for having joined. Guys, I can't show all of you, but a few that I've managed to do. Thank you so much for being live tonight. May God bless you. Let's meet tomorrow uh, on another topic. But I'm so very, I'm so grateful. I'm about to say, you know, English has been much and so on and so on. Yeah, that's why I've been so, um, I've been really doing it. Um, I've been going slow so that I can help each and every one. Once I've been patient, once just uh, one by one, that someone who can at least speak something from what I'm speaking or from what I'm saying. May God bless you. spoke a word you were singing over me you have been so so good to me before I took a breath you breathed your life in me you have been so so kind to me Yeah.